welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank. Hello, Simone. Are you imitating me? No. No? no. Chelsea Stark? <laughs> Hello. Huh. And Ashley O. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get the weird voice memo. That was really exciting, <laughs> Ashley. Can you do it again? Sure. <laughs> oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Today on the Polygon Show. Wow, that's the name of the show that <laughs> the I say Polygon every week. Gun I definitely show. know how to pronounce it. Well, we're going to be talking about open world games, uh, such as... Assassin's Creed, which I want everyone to reach across the table and just whack me in the face if I start to talk about it. Um, and a lot of other open world games, some of which uh, we have strong opinions about because we have mixed opinions here on uh, liking and disliking open world games. But first, we are going to talk a little bit about what we're playing this week. And Allegra apparently has something to talk about. Well, actually, what I was going to say very awkwardly <laughs> is that the thing I'm playing I can't talk. No! <laughs> and there's another Cursed. thing by the time this episode comes out that I will be playing that I also can't talk about. Well, what about Deltarune? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can talk about a thing I've I've played recently hey. that I can talk about. So on Halloween, um the I won't say it's not a sequel, it's not a prequel, but the latest game, the second game ever from Toby Fox, who created Undertale, came out for free. It's called Deltarune, which is an anagram of Undertale, if you think about it. Oh my god! Yep. I feel so stupid. <laughs> Deltarune, Undertale. Because if you think of a band when I hear Deltarune. It's a really good name! It does sound like a band. There's a lot of Delta bands, like Delta Spirit and stuff. Mm. Um, so, it's very similar to Undertale. Like, same aesthetic, like, same, you know, JRPG in, like, a very kind of funny, dark, twisted underground world. But Toby Fox said it's, like, not related at all. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, there's similar characters and stuff, like, literal Undertale characters. But it's not a sequel or anything. Um, it's really good. Is it an AU of Undertale? <laughs> Honestly, kind of. Yeah, I guess it sort of is an AU. Interesting. Where can people, people find it? Uh, on, I think the website might literally just be deltarune.com yeah. or it's on Toby Fox's Twitter and he's at Toby Fox. It's really fun. It's like a pretty, it's like a demo. It's not the full thing. So okay. it's only like three-ish, four hours. Um, that means it's free. <laughs> yes, it is free. And um, it's like a good JRPG. It's way more of a JRPG than Undertale was. Mm -hmm. Like you have a party, but there's still the like classic like kind of bullet hell thing, and you're not supposed to kill people and that sort of thing. Guess who still hasn't played Undertale, despite the fact that I've had it on my Switch installed for like a month? <gasps> you, me. I love it. I know Ashley, you didn't like it. I just I don't know what to do about the the battle sequences. They're oh. they're weird. They're they're <clears throat> it's weird because there's they're like. Here's a shmup for now, even though you're playing an RPG. Like, this is a very well, different sequence. Yeah. I mean, I have I feel like I've exhausted, you know, all of the non-violent options, right? And then when they're, it, they're, like you said, there's like a little bullet hell sequence. And a lot of them, like, I guess me, either I'm just bad at them, but most of them I look at it and I'm like, guess I'll just die. <laughs> and, then that, I'll die. and then that happens like five more times and it's just like a, a cute dog. And I'm like, why can't I just guess I'll just die? Mm -hmm. And then I stop playing. So it's really interesting because like, yeah, you're supposed to sort of like there's different non-combative 
like defensive sort of prompts instead of just like attacking. And if you're playing it the right way, you're not supposed to attack anyone. But it is kind of like a puzzle game, figuring out which order you have to do those like passive things in. Uh, like it's very much like you have to do kind of in a specific order, but it's really not oh, like telegraphed. Really. Straight up read a walkthrough. This is one of the few games I actually advocate it for because uh -huh. it's like there's certain things you'll never figure out. The thing really? is, but if you're look oh, sorry, sorry, on. I'm sorry, but I'll no. say really quickly yes. and then I'm so sorry. I'm really bad at games, as you know. This game is very hard. I did not use a walkthrough. It's just endeavoring to well, date the boys and get the humor. And I just, oh, I don't know. I so loved my, it so much. My question is what, it, what, in playing Undertale, if you need a walkthrough to do those um, battle sequences without uh, exercising the aggressive option, then is it still fun? I mean, I found I, that's a, like... To me, it was just like, oh, if you do something you wouldn't have thought to do, mm -hmm. like if you have a specific item in your inventory and you use it here, it makes it much easier. Or like certain things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's stuff I wouldn't have figured out on my own. And, and I was okay. also at the point of playing it where I was just like, I'm going to appreciate certain things about this game, but understand that I'm just kind of want to get through it quickly. Okay. And not. And that's like the concession I made. And I'm sure that that's wrong or impure, but I don't really care. Yeah. The, what you said about that, that's exactly my experience with Legend of Zelda. When I played oh. Ocarina of Time for the first time, I was in a dungeon, and then I finally looked it up, and I was like, what the... F How was I supposed to know that? Yeah. There is no, like, signifier that, like, shoot an arrow into this hole that is on the other side that you can barely see, but it's on top of the doorway. You're like, what the fuck? That's what I feel like about Zelda, but I don't think... Very many people played Undertale with a walkthrough, did they? I feel like most people I spoke to kind of played up the, you know, the spontaneity of that game and like the weird stuff that happened. It wasn't and... it wasn't gelling for me until I did that because I I don't know for some reason like I I like a lot of things. I like the diverse cast. I like many things about the game. Music's amazing. Art's amazing. Mm -hmm. Think the combat is fun and it, like at least interesting and unique. But I do I think it's trying. It is being too forceful in this, like, well, you shouldn't be killing anything because that, like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. the way it kind of just shoves your face into it, I felt really grating. And so I was like, you know what? I'm giving up on this part. Mm -hmm. And it made me like it more when I saw the whole thing th through the end. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it worked for me then. But at the time, where, especially that first battle where you're not supposed to kill someone. And I was just like, no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna no. just play this my way, which is look up how to how to how to get through these things that are. Mm -hmm. So you did get the pacifist ending. Yeah, I did. Okay. I played it through once, and then I played it through again to get through the pacifist ending. Okay. What? Wow. Did you delete your original save? Because it won't let you. Yeah, I deleted my. Oh, okay. I will say though, related to that, if you find the whole like you have to not hurt anyone thing annoying. Also, wait, PC might be different because PC does involve a lot more stuff of like of this save file, so I think it's easier to get. You don't have to delete the game. No, you definitely do. I can't remember. On Switch? No, PC. No, PC. Oh. Like, it's, your game is tainted if you oh, wow. attack anyone. Well, okay, but, um, anyway. <laughs> I will say very quickly, and then we can move on, that if you think that part of um, Undertale's annoying, the whole, like, pacifist gameplay, there's a thing in Deltarune that is kind of very funny and, like, sort of a pointed jab at that. And I think you guys would find that very amusing. Okay. Um, I, big question. Should you have played Undertale first? I think you definitely will appreciate it more because there are like a couple cameos. But 
Other than that, no. No, okay. I don't think so. Oh, cool. Chelsea, what about you? What's the game you're playing? Um, I played on the urging of my friends. We tried out Friday the 13th. Oh. Yeah, which is, so if anyone hasn't played it, it's a multiplayer game where one person is Jason and the other people are camp counselors trying to thwart Jason mm-hmm. at Camp Crystal Lake. And uh, I went in this game, like, it doesn't have any kind of tutorial ramp up. So the first mission, I went in doing a terrible job, like <laughs> just not knowing how to do anything. Um, but it is really kind of hilarious in the homages it makes to horror movies. Yeah. So when Jason gets closer to you, uh, Jason's theme starts to play and the lights get like they flicker and you start to get afraid and stuff like I that. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was terrifying until you realize, oh, that's just my friend. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, wait, that's just that's just Donald. Um, Donald. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> what? Like your friend controlling Jason? Yeah, your friend control. It, it starts still mo- scary, man. Still scary, but at the same time, it just it like the first mission I did hide in a cabin until a random person who was in our group. Uh, she came in and shamed me and was like, why are you in here hiding? Like, talk to me through the mic. What else like, would you do? And I was like, come on. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? No, you're, you're, there's a whole sequence of things. You like get a, you get fuses into the fuse box. You call Tommy, who can he's the one who can hurt Jason. You steal, like, there's a bunch of sequence of things to like still get the keys to the car. Uh-huh. And you can trap Jason and things like that. Like there, are, there are there's bear traps you can find. There's different ways. So it's basically like you played um, that other game that's like Dead that. by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. It's basically with me. the same type. And I think this is a huge game for streamers. And this is obviously why because there's a lot of like mm-hmm. silly screaming. The girl and guy we were playing with was a couple, and they were hysterical in that they were like we could hear them on mic. <laughs> and he was Jason once and. It oh, killed no. everyone else except her. And she, there's one thing I cannot say on the podcast that she said, but the other stuff was just like, she was just like, you can't kill me. You love me. And then oh, she no. jumped through. It was very, she was being playful. Yeah, yeah. She jumped through a window to escape him and then <laughs> jumped through another window to continue to escape him. How? It was That's hilarious. Like bloody and like. Do your characters not have health? Like, can you just keep running through windows? No, no. She was really messed up. Like she was r- bleeding all down her front. And was like a character that, you know, like the camp counselor that's like mysteriously in a like a tube top and just like, why are you not wearing enough clothes? Yeah. Mm. She was that character, too. So it was just like it was really very cinematic. It was so cinematic because like when the characters get scared, they run out. They lose stamina and they have to like hobble and like. Oh, yeah. God, that's so terrifying. Oh, so being afraid is like an actual thing in the yeah, game. Yeah, being afraid will Ooh, mess okay. you up oh, and you can't run as far. I just kicked Chelsea's <laughs> Good. But <laughs> I hope she's afraid. I am <laughs> afraid. Um, and if Jason's near you and messing with other people, you see like a, a VHS tape skipping. Like it makes your game skip like a VHS tape because cool. he's killing other people. It's really cool and atmospheric. Like you get, you know, silly found objects like flare guns and... <laughs> Like things you'd find at camp. It was, I don't know, I was like, this is not, it's not a super high budget game, but it's super effective. The rounds were really fast. Mm -hmm. I I really want to play more of it now that I kind of understand the objectives. Because before I was like, but I'm scared. I don't know. And I didn't know like my carry capacity or anything, but oh my gosh. Why did I think for some reason that that game was canceled? I thought we had like a. No, I think there was a different copyright issue. There's a different Friday the 13th. Game, yeah, right? I think the different two. one was canceled. Yeah. I oh, there were that's... two. Okay, yeah. I thought that was the one you were talking about, mm-hmm. and I was confused. 
Chelsea has access to an unreleased yeah. game. Yes, that I was just True. playing with all my friends and also a streamer, <laughs> some streamers. Cool. Uh, it does say Friday the 13th future DLC are canceled due to copyright. Oh, okay. Oh. That's well, it's, it's still on Steam, still purchasable, yeah. Uh, yeah. and also probably, on I think, on Xbox and PS4 as well. But Let's see if there's a Polygon article about that this. That does sound fun, though. It was very fun. Good group activity. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I agree. I have never been more miserably scared than when I was playing Dead by Daylight, yeah, both which I'm going to use as my, you know, stand-in for Friday the 13th. Those, they seem very similar. Like, they seem like one could be the other. And yeah. I was definitely scared, but then I was like, oh, wait. Well, I, I feel like Dead by Daylight was a little bit more, uh, I think it was, like, more horror horror because, like, the the monster or whatever oh, would like yeah. crucify people yeah there you was know spikes. they'd like tie them up and you'd like see them like oh. doing all sorts of like they'd like torture you it was nasty jason, it was really scary jason just comes up and gives you a, a hug. horrible hug that yeah. kills you oh um <laughs> and uh the best part was that, you know, obviously, like, you can spectate other people when they die. So people were spectating me, like, no, he's in there. Oh, God. <laughs> and I went and hid in a closet, and you can even, you can even hold your breath. And yes. I was doing that, and they're like, Chelsea, Jason already knows where you are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stab me through the closet. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's so funny that you can hear all your friends as they spectate yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Jason knows where that you are. That would be so funny, actually. <laughs> the voices of my dead friends in my head. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was... I really want to play this again. It was... Sounds like something that I will... Congratulations for having fun. I'm glad. I'm really happy for you. I want you to play it with me. No. I'm so glad oh, Simone yeah. just agreed to play it with we us. We should all play it together. Yeah, we should do that and stream it. It's what? so cool that Simone proposed that. Yeah. It would be way less scary if all of also, us did it. Also, what happens if Simone becomes Jason? She is the ultimate killing machine. Yeah. That's true. What will happen is exactly what happened when I played Puyo Puyo Tetris with Allegra. <laughs> Which was scary. You, yes. can, you know, as Jason, you get to warp around the map. You can see when people are scared. You can make people more scared. And you can go in a race mode like you so, have all these superpowers just like my life yes mm -hmm. okay cool mama simone's jason <laughs> oh god <laughs> are you playing anything right now ashley yeah i'm also playing a horror game on steam um it's called heliophobia what is wrong with you people <laughs> this is actually an extension of my getting back into horror thing of like Halloween is over, but I'm still trying to explore mm -hmm. the genre more in games and movies and shows. Um, I feel like I've been really throwing myself into it. Uh, but so this game is a first person um, mystery, but also horror. And there's like some solving, but um, yeah, you, you you're in a I don't know you. Oh, this game. <laughs> this game. It's, uh, oh God, it's really interesting. At first, it feels very disjointed because, like, these segments are broken up where you're just, like, in this room. Then, like, you're, first you start out in an airplane, and, and then you're not. Then you got to run into a bathroom, and then all of a sudden you wake up. Oh, you're in a lobby of a movie theater. What is the there's monster? There's a lot of stuff going on. Well, that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> she needs to, you're the protagonist. Obviously needs to figure out what the fuck is going on. Even I don't really. It's unclear. You have you. There are these notes littered all over the place, and they reference somebody named J.R. Not J.R. or Tokian. Okay, I'm just gonna say that right now. And <laughs> not that it would be. But he. Um, there are two different notes. Like you get them from somebody who's like, "Don't trust this person," and he's also writing to you like, 
they're coming after you, don't trust them either, blah, blah, blah. And then these monsters, which they never describe, but are very scary, um, you have to hide from them, you can't kill them. Um, they're like these, imagine a human with no skin, and it's just like the exposed muscle and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like kind of gross. It's like this like scary looking monster thing. And when they get closer to you, the screen starts to glitch. And like the closer they get, like the harder the glitch is. Like in terms of like, you know, audio and video, it's very scary. Like I was hiding under a kitchen table once, and like I almost thought that the game was gonna break because it was glitching so hard because oh he was standing right next to me. Um, and you know, they can't see very well. So like, as long as you're like kind of quiet or not in the light, you can maneuver around. So you're trying to maneuver around and the way that this game is broken up is there are these different rooms and each of them have a photograph of like a, a memory or whatever. Once you look at it, then it starts like that one sequence. And whenever mm -hmm. that sequence is done, you return to this sort of like lobby area and then you can revisit all the rooms and go back into the photos and like replay those previous missions for God knows what reason. <laughs> um, you can do that, but right now I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate through without you know being mauled to death by one of these things. But uh, yeah, it's I mean that game has made me hold my breath a lot of times. Even it's unclear as to what it is. Like it's very glitch heavy. Um, some of it does remind me a little bit of like Bioshock in terms of like set dressing and how you, you know, recover things and look at things like that. But um, yeah, the whole, ooh, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I don't understand. Like I'll be, I, I don't know, like you have some options to totally run away from them. You have to be really fast though and know where the fuck you're going because uh, they catch up to you really quickly. God, these sound like the monsters from Amnesia. Yeah. Um, or like Ugh. Prey, actually. They reminded me a lot oh. of the creepy things from Prey. Um, and so the I think the most fascinating thing about this game was I was stuck in one area. So I went onto YouTube and I wanted to just get through the walkthrough because I was like, I'm writing about this and I just want to get through it. I'm stuck on a dumb part that like I yeah. just can't figure out. And uh, so it was like where this key was and I, I opened it and it wasn't there. And then I found out that I think like I put together that this game, I think it changes. Like <gasps> I don't think everybody always has the same. That's like terrible. this person like found uh, the key in the walkthrough. It was like in a cabinet uh, under the kitchen sink. Then when I played, I think it took like way too fucking long. And then finally the protagonist was like, I remember I put it in like, uh, like in the fireplace. And oh I was like, I, was I like, love that. Fuck? But then I died. <laughs> and then when I started again, I checked the fireplace and it wasn't there. Oh my God. Oh, so basically it's, oh. the game really is randomizing it to prevent people from using YouTube. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, which like is smart, but at the same mm -hmm. time I thought was really frustrating, especially for a horror game that yeah. is, um, you know, it's on Steam. It's not like a super polished AAA game. So like sometimes I feel like there are certain mm -hmm. mechanics that feel like I just want to get past this part, please. I just mm -hmm. want to get through it. But um, overall, I think it's 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 a journey. I am still excited to finish it though. Honestly, this sounds so much scarier than 
Friday the 13th. Really? Easily. Yeah, be. no, this sounds no. way scary. Yeah. Like, I think anything that involves, like, glitching um, is just so the way that they The way that they do the glitch is really, really disturbing. Maybe. And, uh, <laughs> the, the dev did put a note in the beginning of, like, you know, if you're prone to seizures or epilepsy, Ooh. you know, you should be really careful with this game because not only is there glitching, but mm-hmm. in some maps, like, because, like, light is a big thing in this game, there's mm-hmm. a lot of just, like, <gasps> consistent flickering lights and not like a annoying, oh, an office light is out. Like enough where like I actually after a while got really nauseated and I was like, oh, I wow. can't, I have to like take a break. I have to just look away. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like something I couldn't handle playing, but I'm looking at trailers of but it right now and it does look parts. terrifying. Um, yeah, the trailer I, though, the thing is I looked at the trailer and that's what intrigued me actually. Mm-hmm. So I was just on Steam looking at like, hey, what's like popular and like, psychological horror because I wanted to play more of like Doki Doki kind of stuff right and then I came across this and like when I watched the trailer it was still very unclear I had no idea what it was about but it just looked interesting yeah intriguing intriguing <laughs> so Heliophobia on Steam it's 10 bucks if anyone's just interested in checking Are that out Are you this in your MacBook Air? Yes and Pro Oh I think yeah. I just I really gotta I gotta quit out all the other applications <laughs> Wait actually yes on the pro in my office. I don't think I want to risk air, but who knows? No, you're still running it <laughs> on a Mac. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Noise. Yeah. Let's talk about some open world games. Hey, but first, we're going to have a, a brief message from Allegra Frank's other podcast. Oh. You know about Allegra Frank's other podcast, everyone? Tell me more. I don't know. It, it's called The History of Fun, Allegra. And huh. on it, you, uh, you and Plant and Russ, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Some of you, some people from Polygon talk about the history of like fun things that we don't really question the origins of. Like the trick-or-treating I think you did an episode on and Ferris wheels. Yeah. (laughs) And one of them was really sad. Oh, a lot of them are sad. Pretty much any episode I do involves death. (laughs) Trampolines. Why why do you laugh so much when you say death? Um... (laughs) It's a coping mechanism. It's the history of fun. We're always laughing. Oh, it's a good time. So you're going to hear a thing about that right now, and then we'll be back to talk about some open world games. Polygon Show listeners, I'm Russ Frostick, and I want to let you know about a new season of the History of Fun podcast available now. In the past, we've gone deep into the hidden backstories of the things you love from Neopets. He was a huge Scientologist. (laughs) With the power of Dianetics guiding him, he signed Mm. on as CEO of Neopets. To Happy Meals. So, the first toys weren't great. They kind of sucked. But it doesn't matter because, wow, you're getting free surprise random toy in your, your food. To Toys R Us. Well, before he became Jeffrey, he looks... Well, actually, I think it was the first version of Jeffrey also is, like, very animal-like. Like, it's like, oh, you're a giraffe. For this new season, we're diving into the strange world of holiday traditions. Like, where did trick-or-treating even come from? Or how about the origins of the mighty and terrible anti-Santa, Krampus? Join the history of fun for a weekly jaunt guaranteed to warm up your holiday season. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Polygon Show. I hope you enjoyed that. Check out History of Fun, as I'm sure Russ just said. Yay! (laughs) All right. So, open world games. Controversial. Uh, Some of us love them. Some of us don't care for them. A third of us I don't know the opinion of, and her name is Chelsea Stark. (laughs) 
How do you feel? <laughs> I, you, I used to dislike. Now I, I do like. Yeah, my opening question is just like, what do you, what do you like or dislike about open world games? And Chelsea, you are my my victim. Okay, my chosen um, one. I think maybe okay. So like when I started, I remember years ago trying to play Fallout Three, and that was maybe the. I don't know why. I just because, at the time, I was just like, well, I wandered into the wrong area. I died. <laughs> I couldn't follow this quest line. I got sick of it. I just I was like, I need a linear story. That was a long time ago. Um, now I kind of, now I think this is, I mean, this game is definitely not easy to recommend to everybody. And it was certainly a time, but Grand Theft Auto five actually was something that really made certain open world games click in my head because doing all the small side activities in that game were so pleasurable, like, and, uh, you know, the small details of that world, like how you would lose a radio station when you left the city oh you know like things like that we are like oh even the small stuff is fun even when i'm not doing things that are related to a story mission which i mean like the story missions in the game are fine but it was just more like oh i'm taking pleasure in the world and that kind mm-hmm. of extends through something like breath of the wild a game where you take pleasure in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't know i like i like open world games more if it's just like okay the other stuff is pleasurable like and skyrim too but that had moments of that, but also sometimes moments you're just like, I don't know what's going on. Why am I? Why am I here? Why am? What's compelling me? So you have to have something clear to do. Whether yeah, that's maybe, the game telling you you need to do this, or whether it's the world being like, you can interact with me in this way. Maybe I'm just not good. Hey at- gamer, you can interact with me in this way. <laughs> hey gamer. Hey gamer. Actually, made a really press my buttons, gamer. <laughs> I'm. Ugh. I want to like engage with you and play with you in the space but I'm also disgusted. Please don't engage with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I just, I, 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 it's not, now I feel like I'm like introspectively like, do I have a terrible imagination and I can't have my own fun? But, uh, (laughs) does she have a terrible imagination, Ashley? I don't think that's true. (laughs) Why do you, I mean, why do you not like open world games? I know it's a spoiler to say that you don't like them, but you've said that already. It's time. Um, I just don't really care for them that much. That doesn't mean I won't play any or dislike any. I think I just uh, prefer something more, um, I don't know, something with more bound boundaries. Um, and I think this also plays into me being a compulsive, like, I need to loot a lot of, I need to loot all the treasure. I need to get all the collectibles, like completionist thing, which is funny that I say that because I don't think I've like ever 100%ed <laughs> anything in my life because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot or maybe I haven't. I just forgot about it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that um, an example when I first played, this sounds weird, when I first played Persona 5, which I know is not an open world game, but you know, people are like, oh, you could walk around Tokyo, you can do all this cool stuff. Um, And I found that that world was super, super closed off, right? Like, even certain areas of, like, the subway, they're just like, nope, can't go here. Mm -hmm. Nope, can't go back to the school. Nope, can't do this. And for some reason, I found that so refreshing. (laughs) I was like, thank you, God. So I don't have to worry about, like, oh, should I have gone and explored this area first? Should I have done this? Mm -hmm. Like, should I go over there? Like, what's over here? And I think, like, that really stresses me out. Um, I think an aspect of open world games that sometimes stresses me out right with huge ones like uncovering or unclouding the map i need to i hate 
I can't <laughs> not have it. I need to have all of it mm-hmm. clear and I then I will it. explore it. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I surprisingly, one of my favorite open world games is Horizon Zero Dawn. I think they did it the best out of everything I have played. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's because the way that you can uncloud the map is still, like, sectioned off. There's still a specific region. And, like, I feel like it was tight enough where, sure, you could sort of fast travel, but there were there were just, like, also things going on, but it wasn't, like, Breath of the Wild large, you know? Like, there was definitely a limit to what I could do, where I could go. And then I think, like, it also was very... It became very clear and apparent to me when I was in an area that was too powerful enemies, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas like with Skyrim, I'd like wander into a thing. Holy shit. I just get decimated. Be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. It was like, clearly this is too much. Um, and then, yeah, like the first time I played Breath of the Wild, I was like, wow, look at me. I'm, I'm running in the field. Maybe this is a, a great game. Turn around. There's that giant, like, stone monster chasing me, <laughs> kicking me around. My body is just flailing around. But the thing about Breath of the Wild is that those are everywhere. Great! <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I actually think that what, I mean, like, Nintendo does a better job of, like, setting the expectations with, like, the Great Plateau is such an amazing thing because it's, like, Okay, aside from the rock monster and the couple of guardian bomb thingies, there's mm. not really that much that can hurt you up there, you know? But it's, it's always just my luck to run into, like, the one monster on the map. Oh, mm. yeah. And, and well, your experience almost sounds like the one I had playing Fallout 3, where I was like, mm. oh, freak, of course these giant mutants are chasing me. Like, I just went, the like, because I yeah. went off the path a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that a lot with Fallout 4, which, as you all know, I hate that game with all my life. So bad. Um, but <laughs> I think that that game really embodied the type of open world that was just not for me. So, like you said, you strayed off the path a little bit to explore punished by huge mutants and then sometimes like i feel like i would aimlessly wander around from like town to town area to area to try to find like a side quest or like what's going on what should i be and like a lot of the time i felt like i was just traversing a lot of empty space with like nothing to really do or no real great return besides like doing the same kind of missions oh you looted this cave okay that's how i felt about skyrim too yeah, that is like, that's how I felt about Skyrim too. Yeah, it was. I played about thirty hours, and I just didn't feel like there was a. It was huge, and sometimes I'd be totally surprised, like, "Oh, I have a dog friend. That's so cool." And then sometimes I'd be like, "I'm up here, and I haven't seen anything for a long time." <laughs> yeah, Ugh. that's one thing that Odyssey does really well is um, just quest saturation. But Allegra, you're you're also in the you were in the anxious camp yeah. of open world player what happened to you? Yeah definitely like a lot of what both of you guys were saying I'm like yep like Fallout can't do that. Um, Breath of the Wild was like the one that I still think is like one of my favorite games ever so that really stuck with me but the mm-hmm. first open world game that I was super obsessed with I think it really touched that like all similar like completionist feeling within yeah. me um, I guess just as a quick background like I have always been the kind of person who intentionally plays games wrong um like i always try to look for things that don't matter like where's the bathroom can you use yeah, the bathroom me too. yeah right you yeah. don't flush the toilet <laughs> you don't say black scientist yeah. 
Black scientists, right? Oh, like yeah, in Metal I love Gear. Black scientists. I've never seen them, but. Like, you know, I'm always like, how can I play this in a really stupid way? Um, so I, my sister and I would do this a lot. Like in Kingdom Hearts, we spent hours and hours and hours and hours in the first world, Destiny Islands. Like I've always done that. And like, I love Animal Crossing and we would just <gasps> make shaking our own my story. Head, Wait, you for you, did you listeners? mute the TV after a while? Because that music like <laughs> burned into my brain. I, I loved it. I don't know. I, oh my God. After like, uh, yeah, after 30 minutes, I was like, I, I can't. Yeah, we loved it. We were just that, <laughs> that game isn't even that open of an open world. I know game. exactly. Like any game, we would just like Pokemon Ruby. It took me years to actually finish it because I would just do all the little contests for years. Literally, oh my God. I put like 150 hours into that game, and I was like, I guess I should beat it now. Um, so I've always done things like that. But for actual open worlds, I was like, this is so much. This is overwhelming. There's all these little side quests that I want to try, but like I also want to do the story because I do like story. But um. On PS3, my friend was like, oh, you should like try Infamous. I'm playing it. It's really fun. And I was like, oh, it sounds cool because it has that whole like you can be really bad or really good mm -hmm. mechanic. And I thought that sounded cool. Like usually I would not be into that kind of game. It's about like a white dude who's like bald. Like, you know, I don't like that kind of wow. stuff. It's about a white dude who's bald. It's about I Chris Grant. Like I can't believe you're bad mouthing Chris I love Chris Grant. Grant and I love my dad who's also a very bald white man. But I do not like playing games about white men. But that's for a different episode. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, this sounds cool. And that was the kind of game where like same thing, had to collect every item, had to uncloud every bit of the map because I just wanted to like max out my skill trees and I wanted to like very much subscribe to like which side I belong to because if you did certain things, like you'd become more good, better, mm -hmm. but you know, more of more a good gooder. person. Yeah. <laughs> or you could do something even by accident. If you punch an old lady by accident, it immediately is like, oh, you're bad. Did you want to be a good person? I actually really wanted to be a good person, but the lull, like the- you kept punching those old ladies. <laughs> I was compelled sort of to the like, see what the bad side is like. So maybe oh, I would try. Oh, the bad try. side is just That's... here to tempt you a little. I would try like- It's like the kid with some drugs at school. That's <laughs> like, just one. No just one ever one offered me. No one ever offered me drugs in my school. So like, why not try Wow. <laughs> No, but like, you know, sometimes. You want to try jaywalking Allegra? You want to. <gasps> no. no. Sometimes I would do that. And then it's like, ooh, you did a bad. And I'm like, oh, shoot. But then, you know, also the skill trees were different. I was like, oh, but this evil power sounds awesome. So I just like did obviously the main story. But then alongside that, I would try and do every single quest to see how it would impact Cole, the main character. You're just like seeing the meter go up and down of like how good you were. Yes, but the thing is, <laughs> I like being told how good I am, first of all. But two, I thought it was just so awesome to see like, I feel like side quests are often sort of just diversions that are sort of like disconnected from the actual story. Like it was hard for me to see like in the impact other than like you just got a bunch of items, but in this, it would actually like, you know, help you get power ups and it would actually affect like people view you as this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're more bad, people are going to be more afraid of you and that makes things more difficult. So I would actually like get to see the ramifications of how I completed these quests. Um, so I got really obsessed with that, which was very unlike me. Um, so I'd just be running all over the city and like getting kind of lost and just going every single inch just to find every single possible quest until I could like unlock the next area to mm -hmm. like move there and go to those quests and whatever. Um, but I think maybe part of why that was also like not as intimidating for me is that since it was a city, 
like as opposed to a huge world. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's the world of this game, but it's not like a whole continent or country or whatever. Like, it definitely felt a little bit more contained. Like, it's just getting to know, like, your neighborhood better. It's just that, like, okay, I learned Brooklyn. Now I'm going to go learn Queens. Yeah. New York references. I like that. I love city open worlds. And that's, I think, one of the things that drew me to Assassin's Creed, first of all, was just, like, there's something compelling about being in a city, especially when like in the later Assassin's Creed games, they kind of have their own sort of cycles of of life there. And then you, you get to know the city mm. and find your way around the city. It's more compelling to me usually, I think, than like open countryside. Mm-hmm. That, of course, did not stop me from loving Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. But I, listening to y'all talk kind of clarified something weird for me, or maybe it didn't clarify anything at all. But I'm, I'm thinking about how, like, I have had Undertale sitting on my Switch for a month, and I know all I have to do is, like, boot it up, and it's, like, what, 10 hours or something? Like 12, yeah. 12 hours, and I'll be done with it. Yay. And that, to me, is so daunting, and yet I can open up Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and suddenly, 10 hours have passed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you... I have this problem with literally every piece of media, where I'm like, yeah. oh, I have all these new books to read. Or I have new shows. I can't start new things. It's yeah. so easy to do something familiar, but mm-hmm. I cannot start a new thing. Once I'm in a new thing, I can't stop doing it. That's but like what, I, how I watch Arrested Development yeah. every single day of my life instead of tackling everything else in my queue. And then it disappears, and then I get upset. And it's like, you deserve that. What, but I just want to know why the psychological reason why are why are we like this <laughs> like well i think for when it comes to something like odyssey or for me zelda there are so many tasks that i can complete that are little tasks that i can just check off my list that to me like i don't i don't sit down to play odyssey and think ah time to commit 10 hours to this i sit down and think oh i'm going to play for 30 minutes or i'm going to finish this one quest and then i'm going to stop and i don't stop but there, I think it's because of that like aspect of it that is bite-sized that makes you, or makes me specifically, just want to keep going on and checking things off my list and checking things off my list. Whereas with something like a, a story game, there's not so maybe each level is a checklist, but it's still not presented to you in that mm-hmm. way because your checklist is kind of assembled as you go through the level and then you get a new one. Um, and so I think for me, there's something daunting about being like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I know I have to, I will complete this in 12 hours, but I don't know how long this session is going to be or what will happen. I mean, I feel like that plays a lot with um, the, I would rather watch a bunch of TV show, like TV episodes than watch one two hour movie when it's like, yes, yes, the amount of TV I watch exceeds two hours, (laughs) but I can't commit to what an hour and 53 minute movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Part of me trying to dissect that, at least for me, of, of that like kind of anxiety of also like, yeah, tackling something new is I'm going to jump over to food here. Yeah. Hey. This is like when I open up my Seamless app, not sponsored by Seamless, but we should be. And then I look right. And here's like. The top three, top three places I always order from. There is, there's like what a bunch of other sushi places that I do want to try. And the thing is, is and this has happened to me. And like I feel like the one negative experience will put you off because you're like, what if I get it and I don't like it and I should have just gone with what I liked all along. And it's weird because it's not like you actually get 
like a physical punishment or anything for, <laughs> you know, something not being great. Like same thing with movies. You can say like stop X amount of minutes in and start watching something else. But I think it's the anxiety of something unknown, especially when I start a new movie like I started a movie I didn't even think I was going to watch over the weekend. And I think the part of of the anxiety behind that also is like, what if I there, there's an anxiety of like, I don't know how much time I should give this before. Like, I can tell if it's good or bad shows easy, right? Two, three mm-hmm. episodes. You don't like it. You stop a movie. Sometimes it'll kick in after 30 or so minutes. I don't know. Two to three episodes, though, is more than 30 minutes. That's the that's the wild. Uh, yeah, part but, of like, that. but the pacing, though, yeah. the pacing of the I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you because I understand it. But I, I like it's when you lay it out yeah. like that, you're like, oh, whoa, no. That's what I'm saying. And I think like also this of starting a movie um, or an unknown thing is also like if you've ever gone to a friend's house you've never gone to before, you've never been there. Yeah. And then for some reason, even though like whatever Google Maps is telling you this will take 35 minutes. Right. And then you get off the subway. It's like five minute walk or 10 minute, whatever it is. For some reason, that first journey to their house seems like it takes really long yeah. for me mm-hmm. and then when I start to when then when I go home or the second time I come to their house it seems infinitely shorter and I think like it's like the whole weird time dilation thing that we do to ourselves with the unknown of like not experiencing this so mm-hmm. I but don't know is this related to like the creating new pathways in your brain and so after you do an activity the pathway becomes smooth and it's easier for things to happen so then it feels like time is Ooh. Is that yes, what happens? I think that's time dilate. Is it time dilate? Is that is so, it, are you talking about the same thing? Sort of like how memories are formed and how we get into habits and routines is by mm. creating pathways, and that's yeah. why it's hard to do new things. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. and that's why it's so easy to play open world games for hours and hours and hours. For me, at least, for me, because I, like Ashley, I'm a completionist, but I think there must be something just different in how we exhibit our completionistism there there is but there's also like you brought up assassin's creed which oh, i totally forgot about Ugh. assassin's creed <laughs> origins which i'm playing the one in egypt yeah um i fucking love that actually and i actually really really love just riding my horse in the desert and seeing like is that like an enemy camp i can do like i can do this mm-hmm. or like even if i'm not i just enjoy that for the just the scenery yeah. but i think that's a relatively new thing because of like you know super nice hd graphics and whatnot mm-hmm. so like even you know i guess when skyrim came out at the time everyone's like whoa look at that that's so, that's so awesome but it's like it wasn't that awesome oh man <laughs> remember when skyrim was pretty <laughs> oh my god yeah it's so ugly uh yeah yeah I, I i totally agree though maybe there is some i mean for zelda i think for you, it's that all Zelda games do have that commonality of being kind of puzzly. Like there are, even if it's not a literal puzzle, there's like some sequence of events that you have to figure out the I, right way to do. Yeah, I can't crack yeah. why I can't get into Zelda because it has all of the elements of games that I like. But for some reason, it just the way work. that it's like, 
baked, right? It's like yeah. the ingredients are there, but the bake, the bake is like, I don't know. The bake is just not right for it me. It just falls I, apart in I her hands. I just like can't figure it out. But I'm like, did I not play the right one first? Should I, it's, what am I doing wrong? I once feel like. You figure, it's, it's weird because Zelda has such a particular puzzle pattern too. And it's for anything that's maybe not Breath of the Wild. Hmm. A little bit of Breath of the Wild. But like, once you learn one, you're like, oh, I can kind of, suss out many of it's the like other. that weird Zelda logic that you, you have to be tapped into to kind of understand what the, they want from exactly. you exactly but I'm saying like maybe because you were a Final Fantasy person you understand <gasps> Final Fantasy logic oh my god I only have yes. Final Fantasy pathways in my brain oh no <laughs> oh no yeah and I'm I'm, name but I've got all the good Zelda pathways so we can just combine our brains let's just fuse our brains together it yes. would be so cool. All four uh, of us, right? We'd have no, just you and me. We'd have <laughs> two whole brains. Two whole brains. But anyway, but <laughs> this episode is now called Two Whole Brains. Two Whole Brains. The thing I think you're saying about Zelda though is how I describe it, um, why I like New York Times crossword puzzles so much. Is like there is like everyone's like, Oh man, you must be so smart. I'm like, no nah, man, there's definitely a pattern to a lot of those puzzles and certain like words that they like to use, certain clues that they like to use. Like it's it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> well you're well, you're actually what we're what we're saying overall works because it's like we didn't like over open world games overall until we all figured out the code for them. Till we figured out which games let you walk on the path, which games like may, are you can't are dangerous if you leave, like things like that. Now yeah. we now that we've all played more video games, we like more open world games. Is it just because there are now it's just more prevalent? Because there, I just feel like we've reached an open world saturation, and now that that seems to be like before it was like as an outstanding feature to be an open world game. Now it seems like that's just the norm. It's like mm. almost expected mm-hmm. of every big AAA. Even game. Spider-Man is open yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely yeah, feels more like status quo now. It does. So like, it's as if we have to like become more I want comfortable. It to be over. It's almost like well, <laughs> it's almost like back when game magazines published the playtime of a game and be like, it's forty oh, full yeah. hours, <laughs> and people were like, wow, getting my money's worth, and then we were like, oh Jesus, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought too. I was like, well, I guess Skyrim is a good investment. I've never played an Elder Scrolls game. I was like, I'm gonna get my money's worth. <laughs> And then, yeah, 20 hours later, I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, versus, like, I'd rather buy, you know, Final Fantasy X. And it's like, this will be over in 35 hours. And then it's over. It's done. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll pay $60 for this. That sounds great. got trapped in a dwarven underground, like, city cave, which I thought was cool. And then I was like, I don't know how to escape. And I have not touched it since then because I can't find the exit. I just want to go home. To me and my dog. <laughs> no. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a sentiment that I see a lot when I read comments on articles about Red Dead Redemption 2. So there, mm-hmm. there's my, the, the, the pool of people that I am getting the opinion of here. <laughs> uh, it's just that, like, people are really interested in spending money on short experiences. And they're not, like... There's definitely people who are excited about these long ass 80 hour open world games where you can do whatever you want in whatever order you want. But there's also a lot of people who are just like, please give me a 10 hour game. Mm-hmm. I want to finish it. Except the people who are playing Red Dead are like, man, I really enjoy buying a coffee maker what? and making and doing leather work. And it's just like, go outside. What? Literally, that's, like, gonna you be do me, bitch. that's so cool. I know. It, there's like, there's some very cool things. 
in Red Dead and I love the level of detail, but I'm also like, you can do that stuff in real life. Like this uh, is the level of wait, who's gonna do leather wait, wait, work in me. real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because like I love being able to cook in games, yes. and it's funny that you say that because you're like, I can just hear you be like, Ashley, just cook, and I'm like, no, but I want to make this beef stew over this hot cauldron. I'm a hundred percent guilty of all of this, so I'm not. I'm not dragging anyone because I'm the same way. Chelsea's going to go home and do some leather work on her saddle. <laughs> or I'm going to go play dress up with my cowboy and give him a haircut. Aww. Oh, God, he needs that one. That blows my mind that you have to cut his hair. Right? I, I, I feel just, like that sounds like such a cool detail. Mm-hmm. But then I, what if after like two days you're like, okay, dude, I don't want to <laughs> cut your hair no more. Well, also, <laughs> stop. You know, you know, if you don't give him a bath, someone eventually from the camp will be like, you have to bathe. <gasps> and we'll drag you to the okay hilarious. i am never i'm not buying this game <laughs> how stressful. dare you tell me when to take a bath Stinky. in game or real life <laughs> i never will ashley i love your scent thank you or musk <laughs> do you guys want to hear an email a really good email that we got yes yes, yes please uh, this email is from cassie fable 2 notoriously allowed you to date and marry as many people as you wanted my, play- my player character had a wife or a husband in every town. Mm. One, of, one of the very early towns is re- a really spread out farming village. The first man I loved, John the Farmer, was set up on the edge of that town. Towards the end of the game, I fell for Brian the Thug. <laughs> I figured I'd just set him up in a house on the outskirts of the same town as John. There were no towns left. I figured their paths would never cross. I was wrong, <gasps> of course. I stopped by the tavern on my way into town, and there was Brian the Thug, drinking and singing. He greeted me, and I was shocked to see him, but I gave him a big old smooch anyway. Then I hear from behind me, Who is this? (gasps) I turn. It's John the Farmer, (gasps) who I have never once seen outside our home in the 30-plus hours I'd played. He yells at me, I can't believe I trusted you! (laughs) And then storms off, saying, We're through. Uh Uh-oh. I knew it was possible to win him back. So I gave Chase, farting and burping the whole time to win him back. These were his favorite emotes. (laughs) Wait, an NPC can have a favorite emote? Yes. Whoa, why is farting and burping? John (laughs) the Farmer loves that. (laughs) Brian the Thug followed me, saying he didn't mind and he still loved me. But between burps and farts, I would shout at him or growl to make him go away. (laughs) Oh, I want to growl to make men go away. It didn't work. Oh, no. All the burps and farts in the world couldn't bring John back. Oh. Distraught, I returned to the home I shared with John and destroyed all of our nice furniture and windows with my amethyst war axe. When there wasn't anything left in the house to break, I left in search of something else to crush. A shadowy figure beckoned to me from behind a rock just on the outskirts of town. I have a job for you, they said. How would you like to massacre this whole town? Oh, what the fuck? Oh my god! I didn't even hesitate. Oh my god, Why? Cassie! Friends, I accepted and wreaked havoc on the town. Every villager, animal, and shop front just reminded me of John, who I had just lost, and here was an opportunity to destroy it all. If that quest giver had shown up at any other time, I wouldn't have done it. If he'd asked just a little earlier or a little later after I'd cooled off, I probably would have been fighting him instead of innocent unarmed villagers. To this day, I'm not sure why that quest triggered. Surely divorce wasn't the trigger? And probably I'll never know. 
But this is my favorite gaming story to tell because the way we ascribe significance to the smallest things, like Fable 2's pitiful romancing options, are really what bring open world games to life. Thanks for reading and thanks for the great show every week, Cassie. That's like the best I'm, breakup story. Right? <laughs> I'm actually stunned. I want to play this game yeah. like now. It makes me want to play something like Fallout 2, which had such like really random burping s- and farting. Yeah, I loved kind, it. Kind <laughs> of systems of like ridiculousness. Yeah, you could get addicted to drugs and like have all this stuff happen. Like it had a really robust system for playing, like oh. interacting with NPCs and if you were burping or farting, though, is it is it assigned to a specific button? Is it a combination? Is there a drop down menu to Maybe fart? A, a burp. You have to unlock it. Wow! One of the search results that came up was how to burp in space. Wait, hmm. what do you mean? What, how would are you not allowed? Well, in space, no one can hear you scream, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just an emission of gas. So, like, why? How would do you, you not... hear your burp in space? <laughs> you're not in a vacuum. I'm sorry. No, I think you would still hear it because you're expelling air. Also, you're not in a vacuum. If you would be in the vacuum, you'd be dead. Um, can I read you guys something? Yeah. <laughs> I googled it. I'm on Game Facts. Fable Two board. Topic. Fart? <laughs> when reading the loading screen tips, it says the fart expression may have dangerous results. I have deliberately failed the expression, but I haven't seen any dangerous results. How do I get it and what does it do? <laughs> Top voted answer. If you mess up the expression, you crap your pants. <laughs> ah, me and my friend did this for 10 minutes nonstop, laughing our asses <laughs> off. <laughs> what? You crap your pants. How? I have so many more questions now because I like I assumed it was just a button like you suggested it might be, Ashley. How do you mess up? How do you mess up a burp or a fart? What if it's like a certain like rapid succession or like timed or something? It's like DDR. DDR or like maybe there's like a fart meter. How do you like successfully convert what should be a poop into a fart? Right? Because if you crap your pants, obviously you're ready to go on either direction. If you crap your pants, you're obviously not farting anymore. Well, actually, no, that's not true. But you're most likely not. There's so much. Oh my God. Wow. Thank you, Cassie, for sending us that. You have truly changed my life forever. Now I gotta go find some old, janky open world games to play. That sounds so good. The amount of detail in that romancing option is astounding because Fable 2 is a pretty old game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? It's on the 360. That was old. That's old. I'm old. Yeah, Me you too. are. We're all uh, not you. <laughs> it came out in 2008. That's when only Allegro 10 years, guys. years old. 10 is yeah, old. Yeah, I was eight years old. <laughs> I'm so glad I we hired you for a second. <laughs> I did that math. You're like 18 year old Allegra. Checks out. Gullible. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have emails for us, you can send them to polygonshow at polygon.com. We appreciate every email we get especially if they're about burping and farting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't given the podcast a rating on IT or Apple Podcasts yet, uh, we would love it if you did. And share it, as always, with your friends so that they can listen and laugh as you hopefully do. So awkward. Such an awkward way to say it. <laughs> okay, we'll be back with you next week. Thank you, everyone. This has been The Polygon Show. <laughs> <laughs>